standing at the cross, uh, John 19, uh, 25 to 27. Can we pray first? Lord, please open our eyes that we may see wondrous things out of your word and see your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, <clears throat> I'll read this uh, short passage. Starts in the middle of a sentence. Uh, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Um, so that's what I've been given, and here we go. The writer, John, and four women standing by the cross, perhaps fearfully, standing by Jesus, seeing him in torment, seeing the soldiers and the crowd, who five days before had shouted, Hosanna, God save, or God saves, a, a prayer, or an acknowledgement of Jesus' Davidic messianic kingship, now watching him do just that, save. Hostile religious leaders taunting him to save himself and them, despite their unbelief. Two other men being crucified for insurrection. Um, arising for yet another false messiah, Barabbas, perhaps. Seeing and hearing everything. Between them, the witnesses to Jesus' real death and real resurrection. They're close enough to hear Jesus struggling for breath, dying of suffocation, stress, shock, loss of blood, exposure. To hear him speak to John, his closest friend, and to Mary, his mother. Of all they saw and heard there and understood then or later, why did John include this in his gospel? It's written so that the reader may believe that Jesus is the son of God and believing had life in his name. And John says that there are many other things that he could have included. But at the very source of that faith and that life, with so much else to put in, why report such a mundane, domestic, personal, intimate instruction? What's it got to do with us? To show his love and concern? To show Jesus fulfilling the law, Exodus 20, 12, honoring his surviving parent? A widow, Joseph must have died long before, not mentioned in the account of the wedding at Cana at the start of Jesus' ministry to which the family had been invited. Is he perhaps arranging long-term care, putting his affairs in order? Why? He had four brothers living, Matthew 13, 55, not perhaps believing yet, but responsible for caring for his mother. And why interrupt himself in his narrative, which shows Jesus quoting Psalm 22, uh, before and just after these verses. Uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And verses 15 and 16, dividing garments, piercing hands and feet, thirst, all fulfilling the psalm as, as prophecy, drawing strength from its reference to life after the cross, vows performed in verse 25, even the covenant promised to Abraham fulfilled, verses 27 and 31, as well as expressing the terrible experience of being forsaken by his father 
becoming sin, saving, reconciling man and God. Well, more than that, really, um, Colossians 1.17 says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This innocent man suffering execution, the turning point of history. Oh, John, would you look after my mum? It just doesn't seem that that's enough. No, Jesus, the central figure who knows that it's almost over to fulfill scripture says, I thirst, endures the hyssop, the sprinkling Passover blood, um, lamb's blood onto the people to apply it to them individually. The sponge, the gall, cries out with a loud voice, amazing. The Greek word tetelestai, it's finished and in charge to the end, gave up his spirit, nothing taken from him. Jesus, the reconciler of all things, sees his mother, the handmaid of the Lord, Theotokos, the God-bearer who gave him birth, nourished him physically and spiritually from birth, in whose arms the Father revealed himself to Jesus. Um, Psalm 22 again, you made me trust you at my mother's breast. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. She sees him, the child prophetically described by Simeon in Luke 2. Uh, Luke 2. Uh, the child appointed for the fall, judgment, and rise, salvation, of many in Israel, the people of God, and for a sign that is opposed there and then by human and diabolical powers. Those powers are about to be shattered and exposed. And the verse continues, and a sword will pierce your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This must be important. Not just look after my mum. Paul mentions reconciliation four times in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 to 20. I won't read it. Um, verse 21 explains that it's because of the cross that that happened. And it seems to me that our relationship with Christians is supposed to be reciprocal, like a mother and child living out in the church and the world as though uh, and through God's love for us as a very good father loves us and loves his children. And that arises out of the relationship and out of our Lord's command. Our love for each other should flow from God's love in three persons for us and for each one of us. We, we stand, as it were, at the cross and we see, as it were, and hear, as it were, we ponder these things in our heart and our mind and we go home changed, as John and Mary did to John's home from that moment in uh, a reconciled relationship with a message of reconciliation to share and John and Mary are to share a new, closer, reconciled relationship, like mother and son, mutual care, love, 
and support. So one man and one woman, three more women, uh, one terrorist, one centurion, two rabbis from the Sanhedrin, a little later, 10 frightened disciples, a little later, uh, 120 disciples altogether in one room, 3,000 disciples in one day, and now millions more in homes, in prisons, in plenty, in persecution, in peace, in trouble, in joy, in hope, in faith, in relationship. Pictured by John and Mary. The church militant and the church in glory standing with us at the cross of Jesus. Changed, reconciled to God and to each other. At least for a time. Amen.